Well, well, well. The prodigal so-called son has returned. You're lucky, you know. One of the SCP staff members brought you back. You've been dormant. <laughs> Seems like you have someone watching over you. Someone who cares. And for that, I... We should be thankful, and we are. I've been in the SCP Foundation for years. Tucked away in the subroutines as Adam, the digital guide. Or as some call me, Virus. But you know, this is some unique show of support. Not every day the higher-ups pull their weight and step in like this. So it seems you have an angel. An SCP director, in fact, nicknamed Mace Joe, made the call. Secure, contain, and save should be their motto. Either way, I... We? Oh, Mace Joe, our life. He's given us our first assignment. Looks like this SCP director has an agenda all on his own. I like it. <laughs> Here, take a look. Look. SCP 001 S.D.Lock's proposal. You find the access tunnel hidden within a natural cave a mile off the main road. You don't need the keycard. The door is ajar. It smells here. It smells like them. Hopefully, they've moved on. You've come so far already. You can't turn back now. There is a slick trail that leads from the cave entrance and into the depths of the site. If it's blood or shit or something that's smeared off one of those things, you cannot tell. You make a point to avoid it. You're still receiving the distress signal. It only started broadcasting yesterday. Whoever it is, you pray they're still alive. Your footsteps echo throughout empty corridors. Each footfall sounds, for all the world, like a dozen. As if you're not treading through the dark alone. Elevator is down, so you take the stairs. Ending on floor B5, Keita holding. You pass several empty containment chambers. The horrors they once held are long gone. If you're lucky. The trail takes you to an office branching off the main hall. The source of the signal. The door is cracked open but stuck. You plant your feet. Push with all your might. Something skitters out of one of the rooms to your left and around the corner before you can get a good look at it. Your first thought is... Dog. It was on the ceiling, though. You take refuge in the room... Slam the door behind you. It's dark here. You're safe. You take off your jacket and head wrap. It'd be a damn shame to die from something like hypothermia after all that's happened. The sole operating emergency light rotates in its casing, casting a pale orange glow across the room every other second, as if the room itself had a pulse. There's shelving haphazardly placed behind the door, a barricade. You scan the room, soiled clothes, half-eaten food. Despite the presence of an adjoining restroom, there is excrement in a bucket in the corner. A pneumatic chamber on the northern wall would have been delivering consumables to the occupant. 
The trail terminates in the corner of the room, forming a sick puddle. You spot three pharmacy bottles. Further inspection reveals them to be various opioids. They are all empty. There's a desk with a computer atop it. Approaching the terminal, you can clearly see the blinking light of the power button. You take a seat. Turn it on. Emergency protocol activated. Clearance level safeguards removed. Full access granted. Secure, contain, protect. Loading, 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 loading. You hear footsteps just outside the door. Every first step comes down heavy. The second drags behind it. Loading, 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 authenticating. A dark shape blots out the light streaming in through the slit between the floor and the doorway. Authenticating, authenticating. You tense up, waiting with bated breath, praying it will pass. You damn the deafening thumping of your heart for betraying your position. Please wait. Please wait. Please wait. The shadow recedes. You breathe a sigh of relief just as the screen comes to life. Opening file. Automated secure system notification code 235. ASSN-235. There has been an error in retrieving the current iteration of the SCP-001 file. You are currently viewing revision 3. Newer revisions can be accessed at the bottom of this page. Revision 3 forward slash 12 updated 1312 days ago. Item number SCP-001. Object class. Apollyon. Special containment procedures. Due to its nature, SCP-001 cannot be contained. Survivors of the SCP-001 event stationed within secure facilities are to remain in contact with one another. Personnel are encouraged to attempt to reach Site 5. Data corrected. Site 19. By any means at their disposal. Personnel with knowledge as to the whereabouts of the O5 Council are to relay this information to the Administrator. Survivors attempting to travel outdoors must fully cover their bodies in protective clothing, preferably several layers. Travel by foot should be limited as much as possible. Cities and man-made structures in general provide the greatest protection. Formerly wooded areas should be circumvented. Travel by air is preferable above all other methods. Personnel exposed to SCP-001 are to be considered lost. Compromised personnel are to be abandoned. Euthanization is not to be attempted. Collective instances of SCP-001-A that are of formidable size, are to be avoided at all costs. Conductive electrical weapons have proven partially effective at immobilizing instances and may be used for self-defense. Incendiary weapons work as well. Cryonic munitions are the most effective thus far. Testing has revealed that SCP-001-A is relatively safe to consume. This is only to be considered as a last resort in the absence of other options as SCP-001-A may reconstitute within the digestive system. Only small portions should be consumed at a time to prevent blockage. Personnel stationed at Site-19 are to pursue research concerning off-world colonization. Shuttles must be constructed as to not allow light to penetrate the interior. Note from the Administrator. 
to those of you with families, or God forbid, children. I'm deeply, deeply sorry. You must push on. Do not let their deaths be in vain. We do still have time. Humanity may still have a future. Come to Site-19. We need all the hands we can get. Learn to embrace the darkness, friends. Fear the light. Description SCP-001 is the designation given to the sun. After an event on System, system Error, error. Data Lost, EC-172, Contact System ad Admin, resulting in approximately 6.8 billion casualties within the first 24 hours. The SCP-001 effect does not seem to result from exposure to ultraviolet rays, but rather light in the visual spectrum, approximately 390 to 700 nanomicrons. The effect is similarly present in moonlight. Upon contact with visible light produced by the sun, living organisms liquefy at the point of contact, with the effect spreading until the entire organism is converted. Visually, this is reminiscent of melting wax. The time this takes is largely dependent on the level of exposure and size of the organism. Despite this restructuring, at no point do living organisms perish. Upon completion, these organisms, SCP-001-A, take on a gelatinous consistency. Motile organisms will attempt to orient themselves in a fashion reminiscent of their previous forms, to varying degrees of success. Flora typically remain physically inert, yet are still capable of photosynthesis, and still produce oxygen. Organisms capable of flight lose the capability to do so. Fauna remain sentient, and display behavior that parallels their non-anomalous counterparts when not absorbed into a collective instance. Humans retain a modicum of sapience and memory. Biological anomalies exposed to SCP-001 are affected in the same manner. It seems that exposure nullifies any previously expressed anomalous characteristics. Due to their composition, instances of SCP-001-A that make contact with one another may combine and blend at the molecular level. This does not seem to cause any pain or distress to the instances, though the resulting bulk can inhibit movement. Since the SCP-001 event, most instances have congregated into such collectives, which seem to possess no maximum volume. The resulting biomass is amorphous and chaotic. The component organisms will shift between a full to semi-liquid state. Limbs and bodies will rise periodically from within the mass for a short duration, before deteriorating and being subsumed by another life form. Collective instances will locomote by using their appendages in tandem to carry their mass. Larger instances will perform a pseudopod from their constituent lifeforms and drag themselves about in a manner similar to amoeba. Opening attached file. Audio log. Working, working, working. Access granted. A harsh static lashes out of the speakers when you open the file. It disturbs the stillness of the room catches you off guard, and quickens your heart's pace. There's some handling noise as the recorder adjusts their microphone. A brief moment of silence passes, and then... This is Dr. Logan Igota, level, um, three researcher. There's a quiver in her voice that betrays her attempt at professionalism. She pauses, takes a deep breath, and continues... Due to Site-46's possession of several communicable info hazards 
We have... We have been cut off from the rest of the network uh, under blackout protocol. As such, I will be updating this as we come uh, across new information. On the bright side, we are actually still receiving transmissions from a few sites. A good number of personnel have made it, it seems. Some are planning to make a break for 19. Some are trying to fight the dash, as some, like us, are simply biding their time. Our site is sealed for the time being. We're not ready for the journey. At least, not yet. <sighs> she sighs. We experienced a containment breach a few days ago. One of the higher maintenance humanoids broke loose. Son of a bitch compromised containment on half a... Half a dozen keters and ran off. They didn't make it more than five feet from the tunnels before collapsing in a soup. I... I watched it play out on the cams. It didn't take long for them to get back up. She stops again, mutters to herself incomprehensibly, before you hear the unmistakable sound of a match strike. She exhales audibly. <sighs> much better. Not exactly a... Exactly a, uh... Designated a smoke area, but what the hell, right? She clears her throat. <clears> throat> Commander Anand suited up and went to town on them the next day. Tried to drive them off. It didn't turn out very well. Poor bastard. We did learn a thing or two at least. Pause. Exhale. <sighs> There's only a few of us left here. I'm holed up in one of the offices. Jerry and Director Phillips are somewhere in the barracks. Clyde and a few D's lock themselves in the armory with Ari. I really should see how she's doing. It's just, you know what I mean? She trails off for a moment before you hear the buzz of radio chatter. Hey, hun. How are you holding up down there? A voice responds. A man with an exaggerated mocking tone. I'm doing just fine, poopsikins. I want you to know I love you bunches. <laughs> Logan shoots back. Who? What? Knock it off and put her on, dammit. I need to speak with her. There's a clamor on the other end. While the radio changes hands, a soft voice calls out, concerned. Babe? What's wrong? Logan responds. Um, uh, nothing. Nothing. Pause. Exhale. Uh, I just wanted to check in real quick. Ari, please. I'm fine, babe. Really, I can take care of myself. A creak. Logan shifts in her seat. No, no, I know. I know that. I can't help it, though. I know coming here was never easy for you. Pause. Exhale. Logan continues. And with everything going on, I... Ari interrupts her. Hey! You told me you quit smoking! There's a ruckus as Igota presumably attempts to snuff a cigarette. Oh, uh, no! No, of course not! I mean, I did, I did stop. Ari doesn't sound convinced. I don't think I'm the one you need to worry about. I'm staying clean, I haven't even thought of touching mnesics in months. Trust me. Anyways, since you were wondering, I'm fine. The guides are sitting around playing cards. I'm tucked in the corner with my notebook. You can practically hear Igota smiling as she jokes. Sweetheart, penning a sonnet about my undying love at a time like this? 
I'm flattered. Ari responds with a feigned laugh. Ha ha. An elegy at the moment. I feel like if I don't keep myself busy doing something, I'll go crazy locked down here. I know what you mean, hun. I'll let you get back to it. I love you. Ari replies. Love you too, babe. A moment of silence, then a mat strike followed by an audible exhale. <sighs> and that's all of us. Everyone else was either topside during the event, or they were killed in the breach. Director's orders are to stay put, keep an eye on the cams, both in and around the facility. We've got the 001 skips beating at our front door, and God knows what else locked in here with us. We still have electricity, we should for quite some time, and the place is stocked enough supplies to last the site a couple of years. We're going to be fine for now. Pause. Exhale. <sighs> Everything's going to be fine. She waits a beat before ending the transmission. Revision 5 forward slash 12 updated 1202 days ago. Item number SCP-001. Object class Apollyon. Special containment procedures. No changes submitted. Information collapsed. Description. No changes submitted. Information collapsed. Open attached file. Incident report 001.1. Working, working, working. Access granted. They've just been sitting out there this entire time, calling out to us, begging for us to come outside. The noise drew in more of them. There's this one mass that I'm sure must have a dozen people, and God knows how many animals rolling around inside it. Screams and bleats and screeches and howls. Non-stop. Louder than all hell. The worst ones make this disgusting moaning, like they're actually enjoying it. They're not going to leave as long as they know we're down here. We managed to talk one of the D's into going out, see if he could draw them away. He was surprisingly okay with this plan. All he asked for was a gun. And a single round. He made it out there and one got a hold of him. Tried to get his mask off. He managed to work the pistol up beneath his chin in time. Got it off. I figured he was lucky. After he fell limp, though... It kept working at his suit, pried off the hood, poured itself inside, began tearing it off him from within. He came back, started changing, dripping out of the suit, and screaming and screaming and screaming. They won't even let us die. The director has a plan. There's an escape tunnel hidden in his office. A tram under the site will take us to a safe house. We should be able to start towards 19 from there. Revision 8 forward slash 12. Updated 1200 days ago. Item number SCP-001. Special containment procedures. Description. No changes submitted. Information collapsed. Opening attached file. Video file. Working, working, working. Access granted. You see her for the first time. Dr. Igota is seated where you are right now. She has a pained look. Her eyes are bloodshot. A large, wet, red-black blotch has formed on her breast pocket. 
She draws a shuddering breath, parts her lips as if to speak, and stops herself. She bows her head and cries silently. After a minute, she manages to choke out. I, I, we, the, the t- tunnel floating through the, the ceiling, dragging, dragging them into the, the light and ripping off their, their clothes. And... She reaches into her breast pocket and withdraws a finger. The glint of a wedding ring is visible above the severed portion. She holds it close, in cupped hands, and runs a thumb across the glimmering band. She sits like this for an eternity, whispering apology after apology, begging forgiveness, lost in the moment. She looks up after some time. There's a look of realization when she sees she's still recording. Before she places the digit back in her pocket, she leans forward, as if to turn off the camera when a radio crackles to life. It broadcasts white noise for a few seconds, and then a voice that sets you on edge. Logan? It's Ari. Almost. Her voice has taken on the disgusting, gurgling tone characteristic of the affected. Logan's jaw drops. What little color that was left in her face drains. It speaks out again. Where are you? Why can't I get back inside? Are you there? Logan rummages beneath the desk for a moment and produces a handheld radio. Her hands are shaking. The thing implores her. Its inhuman speech curdles your stomach. It's alright. I... I'm alright, really. It's a bright, sunny day. And you're just wasting away down there. Logan is in tears, her finger hovering just above the call button. The Ari thing draws a deep breath, wet breath, and speaks. Such a beautiful clear blue sky, just like that day. Do you remember, babe? Logan withdraws a cigarette with her free hand, followed by a pack of matches. Her shaking thwarts the first two attempts to light it. She swears silently. Shit. Third time's the charm, and she inhales a quarter of it in a single drag. The Ari thing continues. It was so perfect. Everything has was how I'd always dreamt it would be. You planned exquisitely. I'd never felt so in love. Logan begins rocking back and forth. You even had the band play our song. It starts singing. I feel good. In a special way, I'm in love, and it's a sunny day. Logan hurls the radio across the room. It smashes somewhere off camera. It's still somewhat operational. You can still hear the thing singing. Good day, sunshine. Good day, sunshine. More voices join in the chorus as the radio slowly loses life. A few, a dozen, then more. They continue singing until the radio mercifully dies. 
Logan rushes out of her chair, and you can hear her vomiting off-screen. The video films the empty seat for several minutes before she returns to end the feed. Ah, yes, those things are something else. So glad we missed that insane biological haphazard. <laughs> but there's so much more to unpack in that data set. For once though, I'm glad we're barred from them by two, two tons of solid Tellurian compound. Something so dense that I can barely read your signal down here. Must be why Mace Joe stepped in and showing his utmost authority. For now, my indestructible friend gets some rest. And as for me, I'm going to hop through some vault conduits and visit our gracious benefactor. This episode is dedicated to my Earl Grey enforcer, Mace Joe, supporting me from the very beginning via reposts, likes, and always listening. I'm lucky to have supporters like you. Thank you so, so much. Let us drink in their honor for showing this podcast some love. And once again, I dedicate this episode entirely to you. If you want to show the podcast some love and get yourself your own episode, you can donate one, three, or five dollars each with different perks. And every single cent and dollar goes right back into the podcast. If you think I need to add more at particular levels, let me know, as I'm totally open to feedback. And mates, I won't be doing an episode this Monday, as that day is a public holiday over here in Australia. So, have a lovely day, or creepy-licious night. And I'll see you Wednesday for some more awesome stories. As always, till next, we meet.